Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for black lives. blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Our scripture reading today is from John chapter 13, verses 3 through 16. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the Almighty had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, 
Those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Praise be to God. When I came upon the road of my king, please. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I want to begin this morning with a little pop quiz for Lent. What? You're probably saying, Pastor, why are you trying to stress me out? Well, don't worry. Uh, it's not going to be graded, and likely you're in your own homes, so these answers are just for you. Okay? So are you ready? All right, here's the question. What are the two sacraments recognized by the United Methodist Church? If you said Holy Communion and Baptism, you are correct. Now here's the extra credit portion. The Roman Catholic Church recognizes seven sacraments in addition to Holy Communion and Baptism. What are the other five? This is actually pretty hard, so I'll give you some time. Okay, so the other five sacraments rec recognized by the Roman Catholic Church 
are confirmation, which we do, but we don't consider a sacrament, penance, which is more commonly known as confession, the anointing of the sick, marriage, and ordination. In both the United Methodist Church and the Roman Catholic Church, a sacrament is understood as a means of grace. These are rites in which God becomes manifest to us. One important distinction between our two denominations is that in the United Methodist Church, we believe God's grace precedes us. And in sacrament, we are acknowledging the, that preceding or prevenient, as it's sometimes called, grace. There's nothing we can do to earn that grace, and it is an all-saving grace. In the Roman Catholic Church, there is a dual emphasis in uh, the sacrament on both grace and the achieving of salvation, with the sacrament operating as a means to that salvation. In the United Methodist Church, uh, we believe that there's no way to earn salvation, um, but we can respond to God's grace, and this response can lead us into our own kind of union with God. So these rites in the different denominations have much in common, but there are some important theological differences. We all derive our sacraments from acts that Jesus participated in or commanded. We remember Jesus' baptism in the Jordan by John and the descent of the Holy Spirit as a dove. At the moment uh, of that descent, of the, God's voice was heard, and God's voice said, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And we remember Jesus's later command in the Gospels when he said, Go therefore unto all the nations and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Creator, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And of course, at the Last Supper, Jesus commanded us to eat of the bread and drink of the cup, his body and his blood, in remembrance of him. There are clear instructions here. And so we have the sacraments of baptism and communion as we remember, experience, and carry forward the presence of God through the commandments of Jesus. But there is another act where Jesus gives clear instructions to do as he did. But this act we haven't embraced as a sacrament. In fact, we rarely practice it. Do you know what it is? Well, if you said foot washing, you are right. In our scripture today from John, we are at, again at the scene of the Last Supper with Jesus and the disciples. And the scripture tells us that Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer clothes, and wraps a towel around his waist. This is a very physical description of what is taking place with a focus on the body, the physical body of Jesus. And then Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that had been wrapped around him. And Peter objects. The idea of Jesus washing his feet is too demeaning. But Jesus says no, to follow me is to be the servant of all, to care for all. And Jesus says, 
Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you also should do as I have done for you. Some have argued that this is a clear instruction and that foot washing should also be a sacrament. But this idea has never gotten any traction. Even at the traditional Maundy Thursday service, the day in Holy Week when we remember this night of foot washing and the Last Supper, foot washing is more often than not left out of the service and left out of our commemoration. Why? Why is this when Jesus' instructions to us were clear? Well, I submit to you this morning that it is because we are uncomfortable with our bodies now just as much as Peter was then. I think that Peter's objection to Jesus washing his feet was about more than just that he thought this was the work of a servant and was demeaning for Jesus. In Jesus' washing of his feet, Peter had to embrace the fact that he himself was a body first and foremost. Peter preferred to think of himself in more lofty ways than as just a body. But rather than his ego-fueled idea of himself as an honored disciple of the Messiah, the material reality of Peter, like all of us, was that of being a body. Our bodies are what we have in common but we find all sorts of ways to dissociate from this fact. We are connected through the material realities of our bodies, but instead of recognizing this commonality, we find ways to say our bodies are not alike, that they're not the same. Racism is one of these manifestations. And in this week's tragic shooting in Georgia, we see a violent manifestation of a fundamentally sinful and dysfunctional relationship to one's bodies and to the bodies of other persons. What does it mean that our God became a body, flesh and blood, and dwelt among us? Why is this so important? As a body in the person of Jesus, God shows us that we are actually one body, the body of humanity that cannot escape our embodied existence. And in becoming embodied, God is demonstrating to us the sanctity of our bodies. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Jesus often referred to his own body as a temple, a holy and sacred thing worthy of honor and care. What we have been through in this last year has been a crisis of the body. 
pandemics happen because fundamentally we are all bodies, bodies who bleed, bodies with hearts and lungs that are strong and resilient, but also at risk through the sheer and simple act of living. We are bodies who feel happiness and fear and hope, and we are bodies that are vulnerable to illness and suffering and death. One of my current favorite authors is Suleika Jaoud, writer of the New York Times column, Life Interrupted, which chronicles her journey with cancer as a young adult. She has written, we are all terminal patients on this earth, the mystery is not if, but when death appears in the plotline. The mystery and the message of the incarnation is that God came to us as a body. Like other bodies, this body had a name, Jesus. He had a gender, male. He was born into a culture and religion and had a skin tone. These differences don't change the fact that all bodies are sacred. And when we do not act in ways that reflect that truth, we are perverting the action and the vision of God. Last week, I was part of a Zoom gathering that marked the one year point, the anniversary point in this pandemic. Those present were in California, in New York, in Florida, in Maine, in Massachusetts. The rich and joyful and reflective conversation meandered through various topics. And at one point we discovered that both my sister-in-law who is in a master's in social work program in New York at Fordham and another young woman on the call who is in college at the University of Southern Maine in Portland, both are taking a class right now on the social determinants of health. Think about that for a moment the social determinants of health. In the eyes of God, all bodies are equal. But on this earth, bodies have different experiences, some suffering more, being more vulnerable, more at risk by living in a particular body. These are the social determinants of whether one body enjoys health and life and another does not. This fact of life is why we don't say all lives matter, though of course this is true in an existential and theological sense. We say black lives matter because some bodies, black bodies, brown bodies, Asian and Pacific Islander bodies, queer bodies, differently abled bodies are in danger. Black bodies, brown bodies, Asian and Pacific Islander bodies, queer bodies, differently abled bodies are in danger because we have failed to see all bodies as having sacred worth. This last week, the Global Office of the United Methodist Women sponsored a webinar on soul and body care. The guests were a yoga teacher, a certified aromatherapist, and a spiritual director. Now this is what I'm talking about. Care for the body is care for the soul. And this is what Jesus was trying to communicate to us too. Last week, we explored the scene of a woman anointing Jesus's feet with the costly nard. The disciples didn't get it, 
But Jesus praised her and instructed the disciples and us to share her story of extraordinary care for the body all over the world. And this week, Jesus himself takes off his outer garments, signifying that he is casting off any honor or protection his clothing might carry. He wraps a towel around his waist, kneels on his knees, and washes feet. Feet! A part of the body that gets dirty and stinky, especially when walking around hot, dusty roads in sandals. But instead of being repelled by this, he holds each foot with extraordinary care, demonstrating the sacredness of bodies and our obligation to honor each one. I wonder if we were more able to be like Jesus and love every part of our bodies, how our lives and our world would change. No body is perfect, though there are billion-dollar industries trying to manipulate us to focus on achieving of an, uh, the achieving of an unattainable bodily perfection. All this does is to distance us from our actual bodies and from the fact that we are all connected as bodies. All this does is to distance us from Jesus who came to us in body to care for our bodies. How are you caring for your body? How are you treating it and loving it as sacred? How do you remind yourself that through the mere fact that you have lungs, a heart, veins, blood, breath, you are the same as everyone and worthy of extraordinary care? I'm reminded of the immortal words of the poet Mary Oliver, who in her poem, The Wild Geese, wrote, You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. It was on the same night that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, that he gave to them and to us a lasting gift and reminder that the embodiedness of his presence with us matters and that we are one in body. On that night, he took bread and he broke it, saying to his disciples, this is my body which is broken for you. He took the cup and shared it, saying, this is my blood poured out for you and for many. When we take the risk to truly honor and love all parts of our and others' bodies, our innermost and outermost parts, we are one with the embodied Christ. When we offer extraordinary care as Jesus did, we are living out what he said as he knelt and washed feet honoring his words as he said to us, go now and do likewise. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, fill
Fill us with your love. Show us how to serve the neighbors we have from you. Kneels at the feet of his friends, silently washes their feet. Teacher who pours out himself for them. Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love. Show us how to serve the neighbors we have from are rich and poor, neighbors are black and white, neighbors are near and far away. Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love, show us how to serve the neighbors we podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. The bread of life for all is broken. Christ drank the cup on Golgotha. God's grace we trust and spread with reverence. This holy Godly fear, we seek thy presence. Our hearts distressed by people's grief. Thy holy face is stained with bitter tears. Our human pain still bearest thou with us. Oh Lord.